Every story in scripture awaits a response. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. And in these video classes, we've been making our way through the Bible in a summary fashion. We call this the 17 periods of Bible history. And we have arrived at the book of Acts in the New Testament. Let me explain and announce something. We are beginning a full study of the book of Acts, chapter to chapter, after this course of study. And that full study of the book of Acts will begin on November the 15th. If you are following the YouTube video classes, you will see as soon as we finish this course, the 17 period classes, I'll be uploading classes from the book of Acts, the full study of the book of Acts. So you can consider this class as an introduction to that study, as well as a part of the 17 periods class. I'm going to provide in this class an introduction and summary of the book of Acts. And then on the 15th of November, a study of Acts begins in full, taking one chapter for each class. Now, when we studied the life of Christ in the previous class, I mentioned that Luke wrote to Theophilus. That was the book of Luke. Consider this to be volume two or part two of Luke's work. Listen to the opening verses. I'm in Acts chapter one, verses one through three. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. In these opening verses, we observe Luke, the writer, refer to his previous work, again this time to Theophilus. The purpose is to consider, to continue, to provide for Theophilus and all who would eventually read this further information about what Jesus did and taught. In this volume, though, what he did and taught through his chosen apostles after he had ascended to heaven. Sometimes in Bibles, the title above the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. Arguments are sometimes made that these are acts of Jesus through the apostles or the acts of God. The title Acts of the Apostles is likely derived from these opening verses that the writer is describing and narrating what the apostles of Christ did, of course, under the authority of Christ and the inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, at various times in our journey through the Bible, I've brought up how maps can help organize our thoughts about various periods of history. 
I want you to notice a statement made in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This is a significant geographic reference. But you will receive power, Jesus said to his men, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the apostles of Christ would be inspired, equipped by the Holy Spirit, working directly for these men to preach the gospel, becoming witnesses, notice, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. So if you can sort of chart the book of Acts anchored on a map, it would look something like this. Jerusalem, outside Jerusalem in Judea, north into Samaria, and then everywhere to the end of the earth, the gospel of Christ would be spread. And if you wanted to visualize that in sort of a circular fashion, this chart format seems to be popular today. This is what it would look like. The book of Acts, therefore, is Luke's account originally sent to Theophilus about how the Lord's work continued and was spread after Jesus ascended into heaven. Acts 1 reports that event. Then the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 geographically expressed the gospel was spread starting at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, then into Judea, Samaria, and then everywhere. Having a good grasp of these first two chapters will enable you to better understand and navigate the rest of the book of Acts. Now, there is something else we can do that may help us in our study of the book of Acts. If an outline helps you to navigate a book in the Bible, consider these two sections. Acts chapters 1 through 12, and then Acts chapters 13 through 28. And here's the way that would break down in very general terms. Chapters 1 through 12, the main character is Peter, and the place is mostly Jerusalem, and the people are Jews. Acts chapter 10 is the transition in taking the gospel to Gentiles. And so you would have a second section in Acts 10, or maybe better stated, 13 to 28, and the main character is Paul, and the main city is Antioch, and the people mentioned here are primarily Gentiles. The book of Acts helps us in two primary ways. One, how to become a Christian is very clearly revealed. If you are talking to someone about becoming a Christian, a follower of Christ, take them to the book of Acts. Start in chapter 2 to make certain they know who Christ is, what he suffered for us, to have our sins forgiven. That's all presented on the day of Pentecost by Peter and the other apostles. Then in Acts chapter 2, you can spend some time at verse 38 looking at what those people were told to do. Repent, 
and be baptized. Then consult other cases of conversion in the book of Acts and show them the consistent pattern of what people were told to do to become followers of Christ. This is one of the great values of a study of the book of Acts. Then, too, the book of Acts shows how diligent Christians were to live right and spread the gospel after they were baptized. We are encouraged by the stories of men like Barnabas and James and Peter and Paul and Apollos and Silas. They were devoted to the spread of the gospel, and they were being Christians in their lives. But along with that, all these people who are commended and who were courageous in their faith were living the kind of lives God expects of his people. So the book of Acts helps us understand how to become a Christian and then how to be a Christian. The endurance of God's people against the pressures of persecution and conflict is remarkable, and it's illustrated and it's motivating for us to read about these people in the book of Acts, knowing that Christ is central in the message and in the work and in the lives of God's people as documented in the book of Acts. As I said earlier, beginning November the 15th, we'll have a full course of study in the book of Acts. We are just introducing the book of Acts in this study, which is a part of the 17 periods of Bible history. Now, we always do practical takeaways near the end of each class. I want to bring into view four key passages in the book of Acts, and these will be our practical takeaways for this class. Four practical takeaways based on four key passages in the book of Acts. Acts 2, 42 to 47 about those people who became Christians. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What did those people do? I mean, those people who were baptized, who heard Peter and the other apostles preach about Christ. What did they do after they were baptized? Several things are documented here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We do that when we read, study, and practice what the New Testament says. They were together. They took the Lord's Supper. They prayed. They helped each other. They did the best they could in all these matters. Used the temple as a meeting place at first, but also spent time with each other in their homes. If I want to know what Christians did after they became Christians and what we ought to be doing, I can just start here 
and I can read through the New Testament. We must be devoted to the teachings of the apostles of Christ given on the pages of the New Testament. Acts 5.29 says, What you do if the authorities say, Stop spreading that message. Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Authorities who were opposed to the gospel told the apostles to stop spreading that message. <clears throat> and their reply was, we must obey God rather than man. What a clear example this is. What a clear example this is that when unbelievers are told by those in power to stop preaching the gospel, they continue. They cannot obey those authorities. The gospel must be preached. Acts 10, 34 to 43. The gospel is now being taken to Gentiles, and this passage is a good summary of what Peter said in the house of a Gentile, Cornelius. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This was what Peter said as he took the gospel into the home of a Gentile, Cornelius. Then, Acts 13, 38 and 39. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, <clears throat> that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. I love this statement, which perfectly captures the essence, the central message of the gospel. And it says to us, the law of Moses did not, could not provide the freedom from sin provided by the gospel. The gospel is, through this man, Jesus Christ, offering to us 
forgiveness of sin. It is received when one is baptized. It is kept by being devoted to the teachings of the apostles. So that's class number 16. This is 17 periods of Bible history, so one more is coming up. Class number 17 will take us through the epistles, the letters sent to Christians, much more rich instruction about what you do after you're baptized, what you believe, and how you conduct yourself. And then remember, on November the 15th, I start taking us through the book of Acts in a full course study of the book of Acts. This has been a survey. We will do a full study of the book of Acts beginning November the 15th. Thank you for being with us.